seminar. Um, I, I'm, I'm excited for two reasons. Um, today I'm excited because uh, a lot of what we cover today, I, I, I've said every week, um, I feel very inadequate. I need help with today's subject as a parent. Um, I, I have very little answers. Some of what I say today is um, stuff that I've read in the last few weeks that I found helpful that in all honesty hasn't been implemented to um, in the Smith House the way that I think we perhaps ought to um, and so uh, I, I really am excited today because uh, I think there's opportunity for me to hear from other parents on the subject in a way that uh, benefits our, our family. I'm also excited because uh, I, I've told Angie, I may have said this to everybody last week, I'd rather preach 10 sermons than prepare for a seminar um, because um, I could take a text and just go, right? But trying to grab information and bring it all into uh, uh, a, a collected thought that makes sense to everybody it hasn't been easy. And the content on the subjects the last two weeks, gender chaos last week and social pressures, Really, social media uh, has been overwhelming for me. Uh, and honestly, the content is also alarming as you read. So um, that's, uh, I, I'm, I'm excited that I'm at the end of the, the three-week seminar process. Um, I've said every week the aim is, uh, this is the last one, parenting through social pressures, uh, particularly social media. That's what we'll look at. And then the aim uh, to glorify God by guiding our children to a saving faith in Christ through a faithful proclamation of the gospel and by faithfully shepherding their souls or faithfully shepherding of their souls uh, as parents. 
Well, I, I started the last two weeks kind of with a, a, a little scenario story. I, I won't do that today, but I will give you three or, or four uh, thoughts, conversation pieces that you've probably heard something like this as a parent. Chad, he got one two years ago. Why can't I have an iPhone? Heard that? Dad, I texted you like five minutes ago. Why aren't you texting me back? Maybe you received one of those. Or, hold on, I need to snap this selfie first. Or what about this one? Hey, Jessica, did you see my post from one friend to another? Go give it a like. I know MC, Sarah, Annalie, Libby, they'll appreciate that because um, I gave them a lecture about likes uh, a few weeks back. So. So let me say again, I'll be the first to say that I need help with today's subject. Um, and we're, we're just going to dive right in to a, a, a plethora of content that I have been reading through. I tried to file it down into what I hope is about 10 minutes of manageable content that I give you just to kind of get the wheels turning. And then here's the goal today. Um, there's seven discussion questions, not three, which is what we had last week. Um, and... I want to mix up tables, so if a husband and wife are sitting at the same table, we're going to swap in a minute so we can mix at different tables, and we're going to tackle these questions and then discuss at a table and then share with one another. That's, that's the game plan. All right, let's, let's jump into the, um, the content. Social media effects on teenagers. All right, here we go. I'll read these. 95, 95% of you, 13 to 17, report using at least one social media platform on average of three and a half hours a day. I don't know if that sounds right to y'all, but it, 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 these are this is multiple reports. I'm collecting information. More than a third of those same individuals say they use social media almost constantly. Growing body of research links the use of social media to detrimental changes to cognitive development and mental health, especially during highly sensitive ages, 10 to 19. Persistent use of social media could lead to distinct changes in the development of your brain. I don't know if that grabbed anybody else's attention, but it, it certainly did mine. All right, here's four more, and this is all I'll give you. Man, there were so many stats. I could, I could have gone for an hour and a half and not touched them all. Every hour spent on social media correlated with a 13% increase in risk of depression for every hour. Adolescents who spent more than three hours per day on social media face double the risk of experiencing poor mental health outcomes than their peers. Suicidal thoughts among teenagers are up nearly 60% from a decade ago. And I, it's not on here, but that's primarily related to social media. And then the last one, all the studies show that limiting or eliminating social media decreases depressive symptoms and increases perceived well-being. So that is just a handful. I, I wanted to put enough on there not to bore you with a thousand statistics that would have all been alarming, but to uh, give you some, uh, some perspective of what's being written on. Reports, studies, warnings. Um, two that have recently come out, uh, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, they did a survey on teenage depression. Uh, social media is a piece of that. Uh, Surgeon General issued a, a new advisory about effects of social media use um, that it has on youth mental health. That was just a few weeks ago. Al, Mo Al Mohler did on his podcast uh, a portion. Um, that's what I made my girls listen to. MC uh, was at the house one 
when we, we did it, and uh, they were looking at me like I was crazy. All right, dangers of social media. Now, I, I'm going to spend a, a, a moment or two on each one of these, but uh, I, I'll mention them. You can see the list there, and then I, I'll just hit a couple things. Exposure to inappropriate material, upsetting material, or adult-themed content. Like, it's certainly possible, uh, not just possible, highly likely. Uh, oversharing uh, in risky ways. Uh, even being emotionally vulnerable with the wrong person can have a devastating outcome with someone who struggles with low self-worth or depression. Uh, we lose control over the information we share online. That's what oversharing is. So the moment you put something out, you no longer have control on who it may go to and how far it may reach, right? Impulsivity, um, there's, there's personal health risk. You shouldn't have a period after it, but um, both of those, like we, we are tempted to be impulsive. Uh, there are personal, personal health risks. One in five teens report they check notifications while driving, right? Um, the latest social media challenges may have your teen doing something that is quite honestly at life risk. Uh, there, there have been fads that have gone across social media that led to the death of people because they were carrying out whatever the, whatever the challenge was, right? Um, Bullying or cyberbullying, 59% of teens say they have been bullied or harassed online, so six out of 10. Um, strangers have access to our, our, our children, teenagers online. Um, it, it is a, uh, really a, a growing opportunity for sexual predators, scammers, identity thieves, uh, hackers. Uh, I, I, I'm having a field day with social media apps. Erosion of privacy. Uh, that kind of goes with the oversharing, um, but sometimes even when you're not sharing stuff, people have access to your information. And then uh, a distorted perception, we'll talk about this one more. Um, what is uh, a healthy perception? What are healthy relationships? People tend to share their highlights, right, on these social media apps. And so all you get is the best of everybody else's world uh, when you know the reality of yours, all right? Again, I'm going to try to be fast, so i got about six minutes to try to finish um, these last little pieces. Unhealthy patterns. This is really for our students to, to see, constantly comparing. It's inevitable. You cannot avoid it. If you look on a social media app or post, comparisons are happening. It will happen. You can't avoid it. Um, a lot of people uh, are now beginning to find their validation, their primary validation, uh, through these social media apps, uh, online presence, uh, there's instant gratification, how people respond. Uh, I had a talk with another pastor this week in the Memphis area, uh, and he had read a study where um, even if somebody likes your post with a thumbs up, that's less than if they put like three fire emojis behind like great post or whatever, right? And so even a like is not good enough sometimes, you know? Uh, so there's just all these uh, looking for instant gratification, instant response to what you've put on there. And again, uh, it, it, that's not realistic in the real world. Becoming over-sexualized. Um, somebody was showing me a, an app last night at a family gathering where uh, it, it, was a, it was a lady. She was just trying to show what you could do. But she had a real kind of bad outbreak. Like, I don't know if it's a rash or she just had a, a rough complexion. Um, but she had uh, put on the, this app that changed her complexion to, to it was flawless. 
and then she took it off and then you could see her face again and she was just showing the difference between well you can present online a, a, a flawless version of yourself uh, a, 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 not an actual version and it's actually encouraged and it's happening more and more and so when that's what you see then you're tempted to do that and so there's this over sexualized environment that takes place uh, through social media technology uh, a lack of sleep um, uh, the, the number of hours of sleep lost to this in these studies is crazy kids who before uh, technology and social media were sleeping eight nine hours which most teenagers roughly need that 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 frame are sleeping three to four hours a night because they're wrapped up in this world it's like a, an endless cycle. They get once they get connected to a loop of things they're interested in. Uh, all these um, uh, programs know exactly how to keep you there, and they just keep you in the loop for hour upon hour. Uh, and then wasting time. Um, imagine all the things that could be accomplished if we could just set. This is not just for teenagers, right? If we could set our phone down and uh, do other things. So there's a lot there, and all these uh, pressures are are certainly honest. So here's what I want to say uh, about all these things that I just kind of threw out in fast fashion. The internet's not going anywhere. Technology's not decreasing, it's increasing. And uh, this is something that we're going to have to figure out as parents, as adults, uh, how to manage, how to shepherd, how to help our young people. And the reality is um, we, we have a lot of mature young people among us but I'm, I, I'm happy to say I'm happy to be the bad guy to say even those mature ones don't really know how to manage uh, technology and social apps because I know as adults myself included that I've mismanaged that we don't know how to manage those things well and so if we don't help them manage they will mismanage right uh, we have to help one another not mismanage and we certainly need to help our students our children not mismanage those things. All right, here's the last thing. I've got a minute and a half. What can parents do? And then I'm gonna to try to push us into uh, discussion. Here's some ideas. These are not the only ideas. Uh, I read, again, I wish I could tell you how many hours of articles and, and books and things that I've, I've given time to. These were the best suggestions that I found. They're not the only ones. I hope we hear others in discussion today, but let me hit them. Create a family media plan. Um, essentially, this is what we agree on as a family. This is how, how much time, these are the hours, these are the restrictions, and it's communicated, everybody understands. Not just those things, but I think it would be wise for parents to give kids a vision for why creating a family, family media plan would be important. They need to see the vision behind it is what I'm saying. Number two, because they're not just going to buy, no, you can't do that anymore. I think you need to give them a vision for why it would benefit them. Create tech-free zones, like in the house, in this room. No phones, right? Or like we're all going to be in here and no, no uh, technology. Encourage in-person friendships. Um, I know that one of the ways that kids hang out now, teenagers, even young 20s, is online and I know video games and the ability to talk to one another, I know that exists. And I know that friendships are maintained in, in, in some ways through that. But 
there's there's something about seeing somebody's face and their expression and their body language and the tone of their voice and how they respond to you um, and those in-person interactions that are irreplaceable. So in encourage, encourage in-person friendships, device-free mealtimes, uh, I would advocate for that. Model responsible social media behavior, uh, adults, if you have those accounts and uh, I would say even just phone usage in general, not just social media behavior. Uh, set age-appropriate boundaries. Um, so have, you, have your, your children progress into those things. I'm a, um, I'll am find out 20 years from now whether it, it, how, how well it worked or not, but uh, the Smith family is giving our kids access to some of those things with age uh, because we're, we want to help them learn how to manage it while they're under our roof. The last thing we want to do is ban all that, and then when they take their first step out into the real world, they suddenly have access to it, and they've never had to manage it, or I wasn't there to, to help them start to think through those things. And then I think the last one's what we're really going to try to do today, collaborate with other GC families. Listen, if you're not willing as a parent to admit that you're not managing this well or that you need help, then you can't get help. I'm happy to say the Smith family needs help. We need help in managing these things. We don't have it down. Uh, I'm, I'm genuinely looking forward to discussion because um, these things that we have listed here, we haven't done a good job with those. Uh, there's bits and pieces, but not, not what you see here. So don't think this is the standard by which we've operated. Uh, it's one that we need to operate more by, uh, but we need help, all right? And then the last thing I'll say is this. I know we got kids and students in the room and you're going to be less likely to be vocal and communicate, but I think, I think your voice needs to be heard, not so that you can uh, persuade us that we're wrong about all this, but so that you can give us insight into what, what's actually happening. Um, and we have had quite a bit of conversation uh, at our house for some time now on the, these subjects, but we haven't. We haven't formed um, uh, the strategy and plan that we, we want to have it, but we have things in place, but we need more. We need to do a better job than what we've done. So with that being said, I want to read two verses to help guide our thoughts. Um, so done a lot of talking, and we hadn't touched God's word yet, but uh, familiar verses from Romans 12. I'll read those, uh, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Uh, my only comment is, uh, we want verses like this to govern every arena of life, and that would include social pressure, social media, technology, all of that um, certainly should be shaping uh, our, our, our thoughts on those things. Um, I'll give you two resources and then I'll tell you what um, my next plan is and then the time we have left we'll, we'll, we'll have discussion. Uh, when people are big and God is small, uh, really dealing with pressure, uh, being a man pleaser as opposed to uh, seeking to please God is the kind of the aim of that book, and then 12, I, I, which I haven't read, uh, just read reviews on it, and then 12 ways your phone is changing you, uh, I have read, um, 
and it was a very good book. I'll give you the kind of the one line in it, and I would encourage you to read it. But basically, uh, use it as a tool for um, for good, for beneficial things, and don't let it don't let it rule you. You 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 control how how it's used. All right. Here's discussion question. So here's what we want to want to do. If you're at a table with a spouse, just find another table to settle at, so that we can foster discussion. Uh, so, yep, one of you. Jason says Father's Day. Father's Shannon, Day. Shannon, uh, Shannon. Shannon. Um, so it, yeah, just find another table. Any table is fine. So split up. Yeah. You can't be at the same table as your husband or wife. I, I'm, I'm trying to put you at different tables so you hear more ideas. <laughs> Ronnie, you may have to find a table too since you and Allie were the only ones. Maybe the same thing, Carolyn. You may have to find another table. Let me, let me see how many adult tables we have. Five, six. Oh, good. Hey, if somebody wants to join this table, we have two here. Anybody want to join this table? All right. Well, I'll let y'all figure out tables. Here's question number one. So here's what we're going to do. We have three minutes of discussion, and then each table has to give a comment. So pick a spokesman. It can change from question to question, but we want to get... We want to get the ball rolling in the discussion. So question number one is, when it comes to technology and its potential dangers, what specific heart issues do we need to address as parents? Right. How do we get to the heart of this? What, what do you think is at the heart of it? All right, three minutes. Go. And at the end of three minutes, somebody from your table should be able to speak on your behalf. So every table, every table, you don't have to respond, but if you feel like there's something that might be helpful that somebody said at the table, then then just stand and and give us something. I know I'm giving you volunteers so we could waste time if nobody stands, but at least chime, we need folks to chime in. Others need to hear what what we're hearing. Go ahead, man. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, so the dangers, we got kind of two. The second one's sort of a danger. The first one is you're, you're surrendered <coughs> of your identity as someone other than Christ. So when you're in social media, that can easily become something else. And then also, uh, kind of a danger is fear of missing out, um, where like. Some people only use social media to communicate, so you can, like lose friends. And then it goes back to what kind of friend you want to have. Yeah, Matt. Okay, keep it going. So we talked about the verse that you had on the screen from Romans 12. You, of course, God, offer your body as a living sacrifice. The idea is give your whole self to Jesus all the time. And our question that we discussed is, does social media actually fit in the stewardship of life? So I, for me, that's a question on the table. It's like, I know you're saying it's inevitable. I'm saying I'm not persuaded by that just yet. Maybe that makes me a dinosaur. But the way you evaluate it, and maybe the way you want our kids to evaluate it, is does whatever you do, whether you eat or drink or use social media, if it fits in a worship field offering yourself to Jesus, then yes. If it doesn't fit in that paradigm, then no. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, maybe I maybe I said it wrongly, but I, the, I, what I hope to communicate was technology is inevitable. I, I don't fair think to that. That, that social media is not a necessity. Okay, fair enough. All right. Anybody, Ronnie? Yeah. So we kind remember two things we kind of talked about. One is like when we spend so much time on social media, you're pursuing something, you're filling your mind with that thing. And, and uh, we talked about a John Piper quote, you know, what, what you put into your mind, you become like what you dwell on. And so when you start, the danger is you start to become those things and, and love those things. And so what you're, you're pursuing something besides God in those moments, you're, you're creating an idol, um, some type of something you are uh, loving more than him. The other thing was instant gratification. <coughs> Yeah. Uh, danger um, of constantly needing to be entertained in the moment, right then, right there. And so not developing uh, any kind of patience uh, toward uh, any, any any gratification. So those were kind of two of the things that really address heart, our hearts, we felt like. So uh, the pressure of instant gratification and then the actual desire and love of something more than God himself. Yep, yep. Anybody else? If not, we're going to go ahead, Becca. Okay, so similar to what Ben said, just um, man-pleasing versus pleasing the Lord and being focused on that. I was thinking about Philippians 2, 3 that says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. And I think it does create a lot of vanity. It says, but consider others better than yourself. And I think it really does produce in us this desire to think of ourselves. What's everybody saying about me? What's is it, are they liking it? Like yes. what you say, are they liking my post? Right. I didn't get as much attention for that as somebody else did. Right. Um, it really does make us self focused. Yep. Yep. All right, I'm, I'm gonna hit the second question for three minutes of discussion. Knowing that teens are <coughs> digital natives whose social fabric is wrapped up in technology, in what ways do we need to be more sensitive and understanding in this area? Um, like us being able to understand like the age that our kids live in. Uh, the, the crazy thing is I, I, I listed two reports. One of them was from the CDC who posted all the stuff about COVID, the pandemic. But I'm telling you, everything I read about COVID, that was scary in the moment. As if you're reading all that stuff, find out later that it wasn't quite as serious as what it was initially made out to be. But as I'm reading all this report on social media stuff, CDC put out a report, it's alarming. It's alarming, and it, it, to me, it feels like a bigger pandemic. So, understanding that our kids are growing up in that age, like, so the question is, uh, basically, how do we dial into that? Like, how do we connect um, there? So, discuss. All right, for time's sake, let's 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 press on. Um, how about we get three? It doesn't matter which table. It can be one that's already spoken, but let's get three responses to question number two, and then we'll, we'll need to move on. So Stan and Phyllis in, spokesman. Not the same in responses. Somebody help us out. Go ahead, Ben. You can lead the way every time, so other people start standing. <laughs> 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 Caitlin's got all kind of ideas, so that's basically what she's talking about. 
which is good because we wanted the young people to tell us about this. She said uh, school is like when they're in school, they have to use social media sometimes. Like even your job sometimes won't require that. Um, and then I asked about ministry and just seeing if like can social media be used for ministry. And it's kind of like yes and no. Like there's there is uh, like. One thing it was said was, if you see someone talking about the Lord on Instagram or Facebook, it might bolster your confidence to be able to do the same thing. But at the same time, is it going to convince people? Because that's part of the problem with social media is it's always an echo chamber. So yeah. people who want to hear what we want to hear are going to hear that, and people who don't want to hear it are just going to ignore it. So yep. It's there's, a double-edged sword. There's a lot of articles that have been written on that. Uh, so you could probably track down. If you want more info on can you use that for ministry, um, there's a lot of good articles, I think, on and that. People also get really fooled into lots of crazy stuff because of that echo chamber. That's why there's flat earthers, et cetera. Like it's sure. Yep, yep. All right, two more. Two more voices. Jackson, help us out, my friend. Your mom's pointing at you. It was. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Anybody else? Can I just say one thing for our people? Just about summarizing our conversation is why is it that especially young people are drawn to use social media in the first place? And I would posit that the main reason is they are made in God's image and they're relational creatures. We as parents should deeply sympathize with that and affirm it. Similarly, they have a desire for uh, affirmation. We would say if our kid was constantly rejected his whole life, we would call that suffering, right? The, inverse of that is they, they're supposed to want to be loved and affirmed and have good healthy relationships with other people. 
we can say that maybe social media is unhelpful, that's fine, but the, the sympathize, the understand, the affirm part is that the desires that you have are actually right. The desires aren't wrong. The desires to be loved, to have relationships, etc., are put there by God. And so to sort of affirm that and like not make them feel like they're wrong for even wanting to be loved, it sort of conflates the issue. So clarity on yep. affirming yes things and maybe denying no things. Yep. Yep, and that social media probably shouldn't be their primary source of affirmation. Sure, right. but the main point that we're doing is like, you want affirmation, God put that in your heart. Yeah, yep, yep, good, good. All right, uh, if, if there's more responses that you think might be helpful, then I'm, I'm going to post again uh, on the, the church center, and you can add those. Question number three, we're, we're pushing time. I, I want us to get at least two more questions in. Here's number three. What standards or, or boundaries do you have in place regarding the use of technology? I list several television, computers, gaming systems, tablets, phones. That should be a, the end of uh, the parentheses there. In your home, uh, are there time frames related to those? Are there time limits? Is there a location for where access to those things happens? Discuss three minutes and then spokesman, be ready. <laughs> All right, let's, let's try to get to the end of that conversation and be prepared to, to share. All right, so I, I, I think we'll, we'll end on this one. We have about three minutes before we leave ourselves a window to transition to our, our main worship time. Um, but let's get, let's get from every table, if we can, uh, a comment. Amy. probably the last parent in here that needs to talk on this subject, but um, we, I, I wholeheartedly agree with Jackson, I love your heart, um, and Matt, on the social media. We've never let our kids do social media, but we have an 18-year-old now, and she now does social media, we've, but we have been ingraining, and we've given her the choice, and she does one, and we've been instilling in her, why social media, why do you post, and what you post. And so when she posts anything, there is this question of what, why are you posting that? For what reason are you posting this? And so on the flip side of that, as a mom that has a son that fell into significant temptation, even though we had every boundary, everything like blocked, we were very strict on stuff. Um, you can find little ways of doing, you have to be so careful as parents. We thought we did everything and we didn't know. And my, uh, something I'm burning about to share is, is so, I want all of you teenagers to listen to this, okay? So, when you post something on social media, it's almost like somebody's standing outside of your house, and you're walking around for whoever on the outside to see. You know when it's dark at night, and you're driving by, and you can see very clearly in somebody's home, but they don't see who you are. So, when you post bathing suit pictures, or anything that might be you don't know who's looking at that you don't know if it's a guy struggling or a sister struggling with her body image and we just have to be so careful why we're doing that or even godly stuff and verses why am i posting this is it for me or is it for something else because i grew with ben it is an echo chamber we just we hear what we want to hear and nobody wants to argue christianity or it's just a fight back and forth and nobody has that discussion but for our family, we totally didn't know social media, and I love social media when I first started.
first came out, I would have sold their bonds. <laughs> but I realized how dangerous, absolutely dangerous it is, for, I think, for Christian families. But, um, but I just want to say just to be so mindful of what y'all pose, because any little thing, the stuff I discovered with things in our household were shocking, of the little things that led to other things. So just be so, so careful. Yeah, thank you. Very helpful. Um, all right, others, tables. Let's get out of the way real quick. Yes, we talked about you mostly. Um, Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, apparently, you're going to institute tech, tech free days in the future where you don't have any technology being like electronics. I'm going to try. Yeah. You can still use toilet, kitchen, and stuff. That's right. <laughs> Electronic yeah. uh, devices, wireless, uh, those kind of things. And apparently, you guys have been known to take up phones, even friends' phones, occasionally, just at night. And, uh, and the Ramirez's, um, are, have they basically what I wrote down what Mark said was that they, they shepherd good news of their devices from the start to the point of say as far as getting to the heart of what you're doing, you be careful, and then they're, they have times when they can play video games. We have the same thing in our house. We have certain times when they play video games. Other times they don't. They, I know they have to ask, but they can't just go do it. Um, they don't use social media, but they use devices. Yeah. All right. Um, we're really past our time, but I, I'm going to sneak in one more. They get trouble, but one more to help other saints. And then I got a, a 10 second party word. Um, th there's other discussion questions we won't get get to. I'm going to post those, maybe <laughs> some ongoing conversation, uh, like age progression and how we slowly relinquish some opportunity, freedom for the kids, and what ages maybe have worked. We'll, I'll post those kind of things. Here's the 10-second here's the party word, and then we'll, we'll be dismissed. I really, really am jealous for collaboration among Grace Church parents on how we are addressing, tackling, just approaching this all together. Um, I need help, and I've heard enough comments from other parents. Um, I, I think the collective wisdom of the saints uh, would benefit my home. And so I, I, I hope we can have more of these conversations. I hope you'll be willing to admit that you don't have it perfect at your house if you're one of those people and that we can figure it out together. So that's it. All right. Um, I, I, I say we are dismissed and let's, let's quickly move to, to get upstairs. Uh.